Looking for exciting video content live and on demand? Visit www.voiceamerica.tv for exclusive content you just can't find anywhere else. That's voiceamerica.tv. Tune in now. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Voice America welcomes you to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Now, here's the host and CEO of BR Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. Good morning, everybody, and happy Thursday. All of, all of you listeners know that we have faced a big, big housing crisis in terms of the housing bubble bursting, and this is a very large part of the great recession that we faced over the last four years. And today we have a guest that is a senior loan officer in L.A. and a certified mortgage specialist, and her name is Holly Gusslin. And Holly wrote a book called The Normal People's Guide to Home Financing. And if she had written this book before, Maybe, maybe we could have intervened with some of the things that went awry. Welcome, Holly. Thank you. Um, I'm really glad that I've met you and that I've had the opportunity to read the really great book that you have written. It is so insightful, and it really speaks to the normal people um, about everything they need to know about getting a loan or getting or what goes on in the mortgage industry um, behind closed doors in front of the doors um, you know I, I can't I can't say strongly enough that this is a book that everybody should get and even if you're not in the mortgage market for a home loan or a mortgage um, I think this is something that everybody today um, should have on hand because if they're not getting a mortgage, maybe somebody else they know is getting a mortgage and they should definitely share the information. Um, yeah. Do you understand that this can be relevant and have a great impact on how to improve our economy? Absolutely. And, in fact, I, I feel guilty that I wasn't capable of getting it out faster. I really did try. <laughs> oh, listen, no, so that hard. wasn't a personal so accusation. <laughs> <laughs> at all it's um you you put it together because um you really knew what was happening and then you responded and felt it was your calling to um intervene and provide very useful information at a very pertinent time and um i don't know that anybody could have known to write this everyday guide until we learned some lessons. So I think that your timing was impeccable, and the only thing we could do is tell people to get a copy of this book now. And with that fine introduction, Holly, the first question I want to ask you is where can people get this book, and we'll plug that throughout the show. 
Oh, it's very easy. You can either get it on Amazon or BarnesandNoble.com, or you can go to my website, HollyHomeLoans.com, and click on the picture of the book, and it'll take you right to the publisher's website. It's very easy to get. Okay. Well, what was the purpose of the book? I know in the intro I touched upon it a little bit, but let's hear it in your words. Um, when I entered the loan industry, it was just as it was beginning to explode. It hadn't quite exploded yet. It was a number of years ago. As it exploded, I saw rampant abuse of borrowers. It, it, I felt horrible. I felt like, I felt like sta- someone standing in the middle of a battlefield watching perfectly innocent people die, and I couldn't do anything about it. I was, it, it, was, it was so upsetting. So I put um, all the information I could about what junk fees look like and how bait-and-switch works and how points really work, trying to protect people on my website and chambers of commerce. I did everything I could. Uh, but I figured that just wasn't ever going to be enough, so I started writing a book. Now, mind you, when I was writing this book, all of this stuff was um, completely unknown. It was behind the scenes with uh, in lenders, and I I was genuinely concerned, but didn't but didn't you know stop my progress anyway. That they would pretty much drum me out of the industry for blowing the whistle on them. Uh, now, quite honestly, most of those scumbags pardon the term, but really they were, most of them have left the industry. And the, what, the people who are left, I'd have to say a good 70 to 80% of them are actually glad the book is out there because we don't want those other guys back. Nevertheless, they're still here, so I still need the book out there to help people. And the book doesn't just help you avoid the bad guys. It also helps you make sure you can really afford the loan and that you really understand how the loans work. Yeah, no, it's so comprehensive and so easy to read. I really have to applaud you, Holly, for taking the time and putting it in a language that really anybody can understand. It's not overwhelming. It's it you you really took the time to make sure that you connect to a reader who might not have a background in the loan industry in any shape or form, might not have the background in how um, how government is involved and how the whole thing works and what to look for. Um, it's, again, something that everybody should have, and I, and I know that you made an effort to make the chapters very, very short and easy to read. Um, sort of, you would never expect to have this kind of book in one's bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I created it to be a bathroom book or a, while you're standing in line, you read it book, yeah. And, um, you know, kind of light to carry around, um, you know, it's, uh, I look at it as like the perfect little workbook. Yeah, that and, was, was um, really hard and, to make it that way because the people who already are sophisticated didn't need my book. It's the other 95% of people in the United States that need it, and quite frankly, mortgages is a boring subject. If, if I'm going to help people, they have to read at least part of the book, and so that's why I put little stories and all kinds of things to try to make it more comfortable to read. Yeah, no, you did a very good job. Now, what are some of the pitfalls that people should look for? Why don't you share some of the lessons? The biggest, one of the biggest pitfalls still remaining um, is junk fees. The new good faith estimate of fees that was instituted by HUD in January of last year it did help to a certain extent, but people can still get stung by junk fees. So the chapter on junk fees, while I rewrote it before, right after that law, um, is still very relevant. You want to make sure that if you're paying a fee, it's a legitimate fee for a legitimate service, not just some way for somebody to make more money, um, either the closing agent, the escrow officer, 
or the loan officer or bank to make more money at your expense. So you want to know the junk fees. And a junk fee, just define it for people that might not know what it is. It's fees that are not supposed to be there. A junk fee, my definition in the book, is a fee that doesn't represent an honest service. If you, for example, a loan officer, is his fee is an origination fee, and that's perfectly fine. An example of a junk fee is an admin fee, but that's sort of a gray area fee. Sometimes an admin fee makes sense. Sometimes it's just a junk fee. So if you see an admin fee on your good faith estimate, you need to ask the loan officer, what exactly does this represent? What's the service behind this fee? Uh, there's a whole list of fees in the book and on my website for free that you should you should be aware of are either gray area or just flat out junk fees. And you can and you find this a lot, by the way, when you buy a house and purchase escrows. I get mad all the time because I don't have control over the escrow when my clients buy a house. I get mad all the time at the junk fees that the escrow officers put on. Yeah, well, I guess you're the junk fee buster then, too. I really am. They don't want to mess with me. <laughs> no, I wouldn't want to either. Um, now, most mortgage rates change once a day, which is another lesson in your book. So it's very, very hard to really um, give, is it really difficult to really put a finger on what that mortgage rate would be because it changes so frequently? Yeah, and you've led into another pitfall, which is believing mortgage ads. Don't do that. If, If an ad is in the newspaper, that copy had to be in several days earlier. Well, Mortgage-backed securities are traded on the secondary market like stocks. They, that is what most of our rates are based on. Some of the port, what's called portfolio lending rates, and I know that I'm using lingo right now, but there are some rates, portfolio lending rates are rates where the bank literally keeps the, the loan and they service the loan. That's their loan. But most of your 30-year fixed mortgages and your conforming loans are sold on the secondary market. That pricing fluctuates wildly. It's, it's terrible. So can you imagine if you called up your stockbroker on Thursday and said, I want to quote for Yahoo stock, and then Tuesday you say, yeah, I've checked out all the other brokerage houses and I'm going to come back to you because you had the lowest price on Thursday. Well, guess what? It's a different price on Tuesday. The odds of it being the exact same are ridiculous. Well, they put the copy in on Thursday and your copy comes out on Tuesday. What are the odds that that rate's going to be the same? And when you add to that the fact that the rates that they publish would be the rate for someone with like a direct pipeline to God, not your average borrower. That, that, that ad is just designed to make the phone ring. It's designed to entice you. And once they get you in, they'll learn all, they'll get you involved and they'll learn all of your characteristics and everything about your loan, your loans, your debt to income ratio, your credit score, the loan to value ratio, all these factors play into the actual rate you're going to get. Um, so the bottom line is don't trust a mortgage ad. Trust someone you know or someone you, you know has worked with and knows and loves. Well, let me ask you a question before we end this segment, and I think this is an important one for listeners to know the answer to. How do you know that you're working with um, a loan officer that you can trust? I actually wrote an entire chapter about that. It's not an easy thing, and I believe that chapter is free on my publisher's website. I'm not 100% sure. If not, I'll make sure that it's free on my website. Because it's important to work with someone who essentially has to face you or your loved ones on a daily level. So if you get them from 
um, either a referral from someone who's, who's worked with this person before and had a great experience or um, a networking group that you or someone you know belongs to or a community group, uh, Chamber of Commerce, Rotary Club, those kinds of groups. If people have to look you in the eye day to day, there's a lot lower chance they're going to try to teach you. No, I think, I think that's very, very true. Um, how about your bank, Holly? I mean, you know, most people, I, I know that's like a loaded question because of some of the, you know, practices of banks in general over the last four to five mm. years, but um, is that really a place to to go? I wish. I wish it were that easy. If so, I would be working there. Okay, um, let's, let's take a break. Okay. And um, we have a lot more to talk about with Holly Gusselin, the author of The Normal People's Guide to Home Financing. Just stay tuned. Don't go away. We'll learn more right after this commercial break. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, product launches, parties, media training. At VR Public Relations, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, crisis management, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio shows. VR Public Relations gets the job done, whether it's an intimate party or a huge film festival. In fact, you've probably seen our work in the New York Times, on the evening news, CNN, and the morning shows. Now, it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of VR Public Relations. Visit us online at www.vrpublicrelations.com or call 1-818-783-3307. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows. VR Public Relations. We do it all. www.vrpublicrelations.com. Women in business today face many challenges in advancing their careers and reaching their goals. There are corporate executives, entrepreneurs, and business owners that have made their mark in business. Now you can learn their secrets and tips. Listen to Women Mean Business as your host, Bonnie Marcus, explores how to thrive in the business environment, navigate the workplace, and climb the corporate ladder. Listen live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel and effectively promote yourself today. Tune in to Patricia Raskin Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call in to Patricia Raskin Positive Living Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. It's practical, positive solutions for a happy, empowered, and successful life. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. If you have a question or comment, call in at 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Here's Cindy Rakowitz. 
If you're just joining our show, we are talking about a very important topic today, and we are discussing a book called The Normal People's Guide to Home Financing, written by Holly Gosselin, and we're fortunate enough to have her as a guest today. And um, please make sure to go back to the beginning of the show if you've missed the first segment, because every segment is going to be action-packed with pertinent information. Um, Holly, we're going to go back and talk about some of the key points in each of your chapters. Um, one of the things that I, I think everybody can identify with is the two-inch stack of loan documents, as you call it. Yeah. And you have a chapter that really explains these in easy-to-understand terms. Why don't you share with us what it's all about, what to look for that's relevant, and what really isn't relevant at all? What's the government, you know, mumbo jumbo that, you know, works as a disclaimer and all of that kind of stuff? Yeah, one of the reasons that these guys got away with some of the garbage, especially the bait and switch that they got away with, is that it's absolutely overwhelming for people to look at this stack of, of garbage, really, and to shift, uh, to sift through it and come up with what they really needed to read in order to know what their loan was. So what I did is I, I put, took copies in my book and I highlighted the areas. Here are the documents you really, really need. It's really simple. The loan note describes the terms of your loan. It may have writers or addendums that describe additional terms like a prepayment penalty or if it's an adjustable rate loan, it'll describe the terms of the adjustment. Um, the other important one is the deed of trust, which may have, it has most of the same information as the note, but sometimes it differs. And that's the one that's going to be recorded at the county recorder's office, so you want to read that one as well. Pretty much other than that and the estimate of, of fees, the closing statement, everything else is, uh, you know, the government tries, I, I, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt, they want to protect us, but really, when you've got two inches of, you have the right to receive an appraisal, we don't discriminate because of la 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 la, who's got, all that does is overwhelm people and obscure what really needs to be read. So if it isn't the loan note, the deed of trust, or the estimated statement of fees, pretty much you can skim it. That's that. Well, that makes it easier. Does that take it down to a half an inch? That takes it down to, honestly, about 10 to 15 pages, depending upon <laughs> the complexity of your loan. No, that's really amazing and very, very important for people to know because people are scared and they don't want to make the wrong decision. They don't want to miss things. They don't want to get into the same kind of situation that others have gotten into with signing papers that lock them into mortgages that they can't afford. Yes, yeah, so one thing that I recommend to do it for all of my clients is ask the loan officer or the escrow agent or the, or the title officer to email you a copy of those documents even if not all the documents, in advance. So you can read them leisurely at home when you don't feel pressured by the notary to, uh, to move it along. Just read them at your leisure and highlight it if you like, just to make sure you understand it. Yeah, I think that's very good advice. And I want, throughout the show, please continue to plug your website and where people can get the book, Holly. <laughs> My website is hollyhomeloans.com. I have all kinds of uh, stuff from the book for free on the website, including a calculator that um, I want to mention at some point that helps people understand what their risks are if they get an adjustable rate mortgage. Okay. Well, I think that everybody should take a look. And again, as I said at the beginning of the show, even if you're not in the market to get a loan or mortgage, um, this is the kind of book that I think everybody should have 
on their coffee tables or in their offices or, as Holly jokingly says, in their bathrooms because um, it's become a time where this has become information that everybody should know. I, I think that the collapse of the housing industry, um, which was so severe in this recent time, is a wake-up call so that this should become a part of people's everyday knowledge. And they don't really teach this in, you know, in basic education. They no, should. They don't. Um, I think that high school should actually have a class. That's a good idea. I should donate them to high schools. Uh, no, I'm, you know, seriously, this is something that when kids graduate from college, a lot of times they make mistakes because they really don't know. It's their first home and, they're, and they don't really have anybody to help them, so they hmm. trust anybody. Yeah. And um, I really think that this should become a part of America's educational curriculum, and perhaps sometimes it will. You know, um, the public sector is a little slow to respond to some of these things. but <laughs> They are, um, but if I make it free, that helps. Yeah, no, well, there you go. I, not a bad idea. Maybe, yeah. you're Maybe you can change the world, Holly. I hope so. Um, then you talk the most. One of the most important chapters, I think, in this book is the bait and switch, and you give a lot of useful information on what the bait and switch is and how listeners can protect themselves. Do you want to share some of that? Yes, bait and switch mortgage practices were so rampant it made me want to vomit, and we started to mention before the commercial break that one of the large nationwide banks was absolutely criminal in their use of this practice. Um, and a lot of the brokers, most of whom are out of business now, were also criminal in, in this practice. They would play on the fact that mortgages are confusing and offer something that when the borrower thought they were getting, say, a 30-year fixed loan, um, because the loan officer said, oh, it's a fixed loan. Yeah, well, an adjustable rate mortgage is fixed for, say, five or seven years sometimes, and then it's adjustable, so technically it's a fixed loan. But in reality, it was an adjustable rate mortgage, and they just weren't being straight. And so somebody would think they were getting this great deal, kind of like the Madoff victims thought they were getting a great deal, when in fact they're not. Um, they're getting something that is completely different from what they expected to get, um, that happened an awful lot. I, I thought that the new laws were going to stop that practice. It has definitely stemmed the tide. The new laws are actually making it a lot more difficult. Um, but my understanding from my community is that it's still out there, that there are still guys out there pulling this scam. So that's why it's very important, first of all, to work with someone you know and trust. And, and even beyond that, carefully read the documents up front and ask a lot of questions and then match them up with the documents you're about to sign and make sure that those match, that you are really getting um, the loan you were promised. If the loan note has an addendum that says adjustable rate writer, guess what? You do not have a 30-year fixed loan. It's that simple. Uh, people don't understand that. Well, just for basics, why don't you just explain adjustable rate versus fixed rate? Again, this is something that's very, very easy for you to understand in your daily life. But you know what? For those people that have never you know, applied for a mortgage before, you know, they might not really understand what that means. Um, there's a chapter on that, too, by the way. And the, uh, a 30-year fixed or a 15-year fixed loan means the rate that you sign up for will never, ever, ever change. Your payment will never change. Um, 
assuming that there's no interest-only period, which is a whole other subject, but just assuming a standard 30-year fixed or 15-year fixed loan, your payment will stay the same. Then we have adjustable rate mortgages. In those cases, your rate is fixed for a number of years that you're supposed to be aware of. Um, the loan officer is supposed to explain that your rate is fixed for, say, three, five, seven, ten years. After that time, your your loan rate will adjust. Now, almost everyone out there panics at that word adjust because they assume that the rate is going to go up when, in fact, that's not always the case. In fact, all of my clients who had adjustable rate loans that were adjusting last year and this year, their rates are going down sometimes very significantly because an adjustable rate loan, once it adjusts, is determined by adding the margin, which is the lender's profit margin, plus the value of an index. Now, this index value, you may have heard the term LIBOR used um, or treasury. Those are the most commonly used indexes. So currently, um, those indexes are at or below 1%. So if you have a margin of 2.5%, your loan is going to be 3.5% right now. But at the very least, at the end of the fixed rate period, your loan will adjust one way or the other, and your payment will adjust one way or the other. Well, you know, you can't expect it to stay the same. And then all of a sudden, you're getting your um, statement, and you're seeing that you're paying, you know, $1,500 more. <laughs> That's why, you know, it's so important. Uh, I paid a lot of money to have this, this calculator created, so please use it. <laughs> There's a calculator on my website where you put in the, the loan amount and the rate and a couple of other little factors, and it calculates for you the best and worst-case loans that uh, I'm sorry, payments that you can expect when your loan adjusts initially and the best and worst case you can expect, period, given the lifetime caps on the loan. It's so important to know up front what your potential risks are because if you know that your $2,000 mortgage payment could possibly become a $3,000 mortgage payment in five years, you're either not going to get that loan or my hope is you'll be You'll take all the money that you're saving by having the lower rate and stash it away in some little savings account and make sure that you have that as a cushion in case your payment goes up. Or at the very least, you're well aware a year in advance if you're not going to be able to make that $3,000 payment, you might want to consider selling your house. At the very least, you won't get caught with your pants down. I think that's, you know, again, really, really great intervention, you know, really, really important information. Is there an online call center that you refer to in your book? Yeah, one of the things that makes me shudder, in fact, literally I make my boyfriend switch radio stations when mortgage ads come on because because they make me so upset. Or, Or if you shop online for a mortgage, do you guys realize that every bit of information necessary to steal your identity is contained in a mortgage application? And people just give it. You know, and you just give it away know. to some Yahoo online. You don't even know. He's making 500 bucks a call. Are you kidding me? That is the perfect person to funnel that information to some scam center. Do not do that. Now, let me, let me make, make it very clear to listeners who are a fan of the show that anything online, anything that's advertised online, you probably shouldn't go there. <laughs> that's my, my experience. <laughs> I mean, it's like, you you know, you have people and you're giving out all of your charge card information. You're giving out your passwords. You're giving out... I know, I know. And you got to say to yourself, really, who's on the other end of this phone call? And exactly. 
you know, it's a world of identity theft. And I know I'm going off topic a little bit, but I'm very consumer protective, as you are, Holly. Yeah. And um, I just know that people are very, very trusting of these online call centers as if they're sanctioned just because they're online and nothing could be further from the truth. No, they may not even be in the United States, guys. <laughs> uh, try to listen for the accents. <laughs> it's always, uh, and you know what, it's, Everybody's just got to be careful. And, you know, Holly, we're coming to the end of this segment. I promised you that this would go very fast, but I would like you to explain what good faith estimates are, good faith estimates of fees. Um, A good faith estimate is an estimate of the fees you can expect to pay when your loan closes. We use short-term GFD, we call it, in the industry. Um, the government didn't used to regulate that at all because back in the day, people actually made estimates in good faith. And then when all of these guys who used to sell used cars and cell phones came into the industry, suddenly there was no good faith involved at all. The and thing? that's where a lot of the bait and switch and junk fees and all that kind of garbage happened um, was when there was no regulation. So I created a legally binding form that's very simple, and it's on my website for free and in the book. And your website um, is? Um, oh, hollyhomeloans.com. Um, but, in, but, you know, pursuant to that, the government came up with an extremely complicated version of this um, that is legally binding. So the problem with it is that it's very confusing. They wrote a 49-page booklet to explain how to read it. Um, so please work with a good loan officer who will explain it for you and put it in a simplified form. There are plenty of simplified formats. I created one on Excel. There's plenty of other simplified formats to make sure that you understand the real fees you'll need to pay. Um, And then there's a whole list of fees that you probably won't pay but have to be on there anyway up front. So it's important to be able to distinguish between those fees and just ask your loan officer to. Okay. We have to take a commercial break, Holly. Stand by for a couple of more segments with Holly Gusselin, the author of The Normal People's Guide to Home Financing. Don't go away. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, product launches, parties, media training. At VR Public Relations, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, crisis management, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio shows. VR Public Relations gets the job done, whether it's an intimate party or a huge film festival. In fact, you've probably seen our work in the New York Times, on the evening news, CNN, and the morning shows. Now, it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of VR Public Relations. Visit us online at www.vrpublicrelations.com or call 1-818-783-3307. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows. VR Public Relations. We do it all. www.vrpublicrelations.com In the spirit of Have Couch Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. 
The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Never be satisfied. Let that be a lesson you take away from Double Time with Double D, featuring businessman and former NFL star Dave Duerson. We'll talk about the NFL with special focuses on the game itself, and Double D will take your calls and answer your emails live on the show. It's not Football 101, but rather an in-depth look in the locker room, on the field, away from the field, and opening up the mind of the player. The program will also feature positive messages. So tune in to Double Time with Double D, Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com Get free advice from crisis communications guru Cindy Rakowitz now. Call 866-472-5788. Let's get back to Stars of PR. Here's the host and CEO of BR Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. You know, I don't say very often to my listeners or the people that download the podcast later to go back to the beginning of the show because usually the subject matter is very light and you could catch on to it when you're in the third or fourth segment of the show. But with this particular show, I really want to urge my listeners to um, go back to the beginning and listen to everything because then you'll have an idea or um, a verbal outline of what people should know about home financing. Um, as my guest and author, Holly Gusselin, says in the book, Mortgage Your Home, Not Your Life. And um, I just think after these tough financial times and the, the reasons that we some of the reasons why we came into these tough financial times is because of what went awry in the mortgage industry and um, the housing bubble. So go back to the beginning. I think that you'll really enjoy the show. And um, now we're going to continue to talk about some of the tips that Holly kindly provides. She has a lot of great information that's really free on her website, and um, this book is something that everybody ought to have in their homes or their offices or both. Um, Holly, I want to talk a little bit about the law. People might say, um, aren't laws there to help? Um, you know, I want to know your point of view. I think that your answer is sure, but not enough. Why? The analogy I use is a town with an excellent police force. I don't care how good your police force is, People are still going to be murdered. There's still going to be crime because the police can't be everywhere all the time. The ideal situation is to have an excellent police force and uh, citizens who can protect themselves. So my book is designed to work in concert with good litigation. I mean, sorry, uh, yeah, with good rules, regulation, I should say, um, from the Fed. Now, the Fed has some rules that are good, and some that, quite honestly, have hurt borrowers. Um, there's, a, there's a book called Housing Boom and Bust 
by Thomas Sowell that I highly recommend if you want more on the subject of how the government hasn't necessarily helped us. Um, but even with the best regulations possible, the most important thing is just to know what you're doing. Know what you're doing when you're getting a mortgage and protect yourself. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that's very, very good advice. Um, you know, you talked about the good faith estimate before, and I think that's all a part of it, and I encourage people to go back to the beginning of the show. Why don't you define, what is HBCC? HBCC is one of the, uh, it's a, it was a, it's a guideline, basically, a regulation for Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. For those who don't know what that is, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac are quasi-government agencies that buy the mortgage-backed securities and sell them on the secondary market, and their guidelines are basically king. They said that uh, loan officers could no longer order an appraisal like we used to do back in the day. I would order one appraisal, and I could shop that loan at any bank and get a loan for my customer. So I had the power to get them the best loan anywhere at any bank. It was amazing. But now, because there are people who want to make more money at the borrower's expense, quite honestly, they um, instituted this rule that said that each bank has to order their own appraisal. Well, what if I take you over to, say, Citibank, for example, and they decline your loan? Well, now we have to pick up that that loan and take it to another bank, but they get to order another appraisal. Guess who pays for it? It's the borrower. And what's worse is that the appraisal management companies that were created to, to, you know, facilitate this take sometimes two-thirds of the poor appraiser's income. So a lot of the best appraisers either went out of business or kind of do shoddy work because they're getting paid a third and they really don't have the time to do the kind of quality work they used to do. That's one example of government intervention that absolutely hurt the borrower. Yeah, no, and it's not really great for mom-and-pop shops either, is it? No, because mom-and-pop shops were the ones who were able to, uh, you know, be the best shoppers um, and the mortgage banks. Because if you went straight to, say, B of A or Wells, you just got B of A or Wells. But if you went to a broker who had access to B of A, Wells, Citibank, all the others, um, then you were much better off. And my concern is that a lot of these regulations and some that are coming out April 1st could potentially make it so impossible for the mom-and-pop businesses to stay in business that they go out. And those are the guys, in my experience, that provide some of the best service for the borrowers and really treat them as human beings, not just a number that's being pushed through the system. And it would really break my heart if the government regulations forced them out of business. I think there's a, you know, the lesson here is people are conditioned to trust. Um, bigger institutions, and I'm ta- and I'm really talking about growing up before this, you know, this bubble burst. Yeah. Okay. I mean, people are taught, and we're going back to education again, that you know, when you are, you know, a large institution, or if you are a government, you really that's who you have to trust. And I think that we have to be reconditioned. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're not going to see this. You know, probably until years later, because everything is always very slow. But people have to be reconditioned to rethink um, institutions that one can trust. And it's sad, and it is a total, you know, overhaul of how we baby boomers grew up in education. 
Um, but, you know, it's just very, very important. It's The bigger institutions are not necessarily always the safest and best place to go. Yeah, and to say the least. you have emphasized through, throughout the show, Holly, that if you are referred to somebody that's a family friend or from a networking group that can that has great referrals so that people who've used them a long time can endorse their services, that's probably a better route to go than a larger industry. Absolutely. I mean, there are good loan officers at major banks, but I would recommend that you get to that person the same way you would get to a mortgage banker or a mortgage broker in a smaller firm, exactly as you've said, through referrals, through word of mouth, because these are the people who are proud to stand up in the community and say, yeah, this is what I do for a living and I will take care of you. They aren't hiding away, kind of trying to get away with something. Exactly right. You wrote a chapter supporting stated income LOAs. I know, and that's going to be really unpopular, right? Because stated income loans have become um, a magnet for hatred, uh, specifically by Frank and Dodd and some of these other guys in government. They think that stated income loans causes crisis. That absolutely is not the case. Overstated income loans for borrowers who weren't qualified in other areas certainly contributed to the crisis, did not cause it, but certainly contributed to it. A stated income loan in its pure form means you tell the lender how much money you make and you're honest about it. And in addition to that, you have all the other qualifications needed to ensure that you can repay that loan. Uh, an analogy I use is a stool. There are five legs on a, a mortgage stool. Okay, there's equity in the property or your down payment if you're buying, your character, which is usually reflected in the credit report, if you have money in the bank, you know, backup plans in case something goes wrong, steady, predictable employment, which is very, very important, and lastly, uh, sufficient income. Now, those five, those five legs um, are important, but for make, to make a good stool stand, you don't need five legs. You really only need three or four really good legs. And where the mortgage industry went wrong is it was trying to stand on one leg, which was equity in the property. Basically, if you had, by their estimation, 35% equity in the property, you didn't have to tell them anything else. Well, that's just stupid. So what they're doing is saying, because we used to try to stand on one leg, now we have to stand on all five legs. That's absolutely not the case. In the problem with loans for the income always having to be verified um, is that quite often it's very difficult to verify all the true income that people get. And I don't just mean people who are cheating on their taxes. There's all kinds of scenarios. One of them is people who make a boatload of money and have like six or seven different entities and they have a stack a foot high of tax returns. Verifying the income for someone like that is extremely difficult and overwhelming and not necessary because the guy's got a bunch of money in the bank and great credit. And it's also not necessary even for just normal people with one small tax return, but all we're doing is lowering their mortgage payment. Now, let's just be sensible here. If you can make a higher mortgage payment, I suspect you can make a lower mortgage payment if you're still employed, have money in the bank, and have great credit and equity in the property. So this overzealous attack on stated income loans has has made it impossible for perfectly good borrowers to get a loan because by the way lenders look at income, they may or may not qualify for the mortgage, even though they're already making a higher payment. 
No, that's um, indeed very, very interesting. And um, did you go through all of the facts about what happens with outstated income loans? Yeah. Um, unfortunately, you know, I, we're all human, and underwriters have a tough job. They typically get paid the same whether they say yes or no to a loan, um, but they often get paid per file. They get a base plus per file fee. So if you are just a human being trying to earn a living and you have the choice of, of spending a day or two sometimes underwriting a very complicated loan or spending the same day or two underwriting 10 or 20 easy loans, even though that complicated loan may be perfectly well-qualified borrower, what are you going to do? I mean, the smart person is going to find some easy excuse to decline the difficult loan. Well, I and think that's very true. Well, listen, we have to end this segment, and we will continue more in the next segment. So stand by with more on the Normal People's Guide to Home Financing. Don't go away. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, product launches, parties, media training. At VR Public Relations, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, crisis management, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio shows. VR Public Relations gets the job done, whether it's an intimate party or a huge film festival. In fact, you've probably seen our work in the New York Times, on the evening news, CNN, and the morning shows. Now, it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of VR Public Relations. Visit us online at www.vrpublicrelations.com or call 1-818-783-3307. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows. VR Public Relations. We do it all. www.vrpublicrelations.com. Being here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the 7th Wave Network. Emotional intelligence has been documented to be the most important skill for a leader to move up in an organization. Leaders Playbook will unpack what emotional intelligence is, why it is important, and how you can raise your emotional intelligence for yourself, your direct reports, and your team. Join Dr. Relly Nadler every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern, to the Leaders Playbook on the Voice America Business Channel. Your success, your success could depend on it. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Cindy Rakowitz has won more awards than she can hang on her wall, including three Clios. Call in now at 1-866-472-5788 and you can have one. Okay, maybe not. But she will answer your questions. Back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. 
We're in our last segment now with Holly Guthlin, who wrote The Normal People's Guide to Home Financing. Definitely a loan officer you can trust. She's a senior loan officer in L.A. and a certified mortgage specialist. And in this last segment, Holly, you know, you mentioned in your book a simple solution that you think would help avert foreclosures, and I think that's so important for people that might be really tearing their hair out, you know, because they have something in their lives that may have prevented them from, you know, paying their mortgages. What's the SOS? What's the 911? Well, you know, it, this occurred to me in kind of an aha moment. When I got divorced, uh, needless to say, money was tight. So I called up my student loan provider and I said, I need a deferment because I'm trying to eat here and I, I need a deferment. And it's just standard practice with student loans under certain, certain circumstances. They'll defer your loan. Now, they're not deferring the interest. I still paid you know, I accrued interest during that period. I wasn't getting away with anything. I was just keeping myself afloat and not having late payments listed on my credit at a time, and it unusually that time. And it hit me, why doesn't the mortgage industry offer that? Why not? Why not be able to call up your mortgage lender and say, hey, I just got in a car accident. I'll show you the accident report. I'm going to be disabled for three or four months, according to the doctor's. I need a deferment on my mortgage payment during this hard time, and I'll pick it up when I'm back online, when I can go back to work. Under, under certain circumstances where you're going to be temporarily unable to handle a mortgage payment, why does the banking industry add insult to injury by adding uh, all kinds of pain? I mean, they call you constantly, and they, they add penalties and all these fees and everything making your life worse. They're burying somebody who's already feeling buried by their circumstances. Why are we that heartless in this society? That's what I want to know. We shouldn't be that way. When bad times hit good people, they should be able to have a, a temporary deferment of their mortgage without showing up as a late mortgage payment on their credit and destroying their credit, and then pick it up back again when they're back on track. Please. Well, yeah, but that isn't really the case, is it? In many cases, people, a lot of the foreclosures today are just quite honestly people who I can't get behind. People who say, well, my equity's dropped, I don't have any equity, I'm just going to walk away and let the bank take the hit. Yeah, well, let me tell you something. Taking the, letting the bank take the hit, you're letting pension funds take the hit. You're letting mom and pop who invested in the bank take the hit. It's not some heartless industry. It's the investors behind that that you're actually taking money from. So I, there are many of the foreclosures that I don't want to help these people. I think that they're not honorable. But there are also many circumstances where we can help the people, and as a society, we should. No, I really agree. I couldn't agree with you more. And I, and I think that, you know, what you're saying makes a lot of sense. If there, if there are great people out there, it, it just makes sense. An honest person is saying, I just want to defer why not? You're not crashing. You know, you're not. You're you're still getting the interest. Yeah, you're, you're not getting away with anything. You're going to pay people. that money back. You're just preserving your credit and and being honest about your circumstances in the moment. Well, I, I think that's that's brilliant. You know, there's. Uh, I want to end the show on an anecdote that's really amusing. When you open your book, you say, "If there's one thing you have to learn, learn this." And you pull out a newspaper article. Why don't you talk about that a little bit? 
It was just a little a very article cute that story. was sent to me by email that was so funny. There was a, um, a state trooper who, who drove up, you know, pulled over a guy who was, who was drunk driving. And um, the guy was so drunk that he didn't realize that when he tried to run away from the state trooper, he was actually still in park. So he thought he was moving. He thought he was, he had his foot on his shoulder, he thought he was moving, but he wasn't. And the state trooper, just with a great sense of humor, starts fake jogging beside him like he's able to run and keep up with the car and it freaked out the bar the uh the driver so much that that he he gave himself up um but the point of that is just that you you really can't believe everything you see (laughs) that that drunk guy did not see a state trooper keeping up with his car speeding away that's all that is really really good analogy let's talk again where can people learn more about this book and what's your website with all of the free information my website is holly, H-O-L-L-Y, homeloans.com. Okay. Is there anything else that you want to talk about that I may have missed? Because there, we do have a couple of minutes if you need them. There's one little thing that um, has gotten a lot of bad press, and that is a negative amortization loan. That loan can be likened to a really sharp chef's knife. Um, in the hands of a good chef, it's an excellent tool. In the hands of a child, it's downright deadly. And unfortunately, that loan was grossly abused, grossly abused. But at its foundation, especially the one that the Old World Savings designed, um, at its foundation, that loan saved a lot of people when they really needed to lower their mortgage payment. It, it saved my house during my divorce. I would not be in my house today had I not refinanced into a negative amortization loan. But I'm very careful, and this has definitely always been free on my website, I'm very careful to help people understand how this loan really works. Because if you don't know how to use that knife, you could get yourself in big trouble. And what's worse, if you have a loan officer who lacks integrity and gives you a very large margin, now recall I mentioned before that's the lender's profit margin, then your actual interest rate, because this is a fully adjustable mortgage, your actual interest rate could be much higher than you realize. Because the rate that they show you is the start rate, which is 1%, but if they don't teach you that your actual rate is calculated differently and that that margin is critical to whether this is a good loan or a bad loan, and the way you manage the loan is critical as to whether it's a good loan or a bad loan, then you could get yourself in a lot of trouble, and a lot of people did. So I think it's a good loan. I think it should come back into the marketplace, but only with very strict restrictions and education on the part of the borrower. Well, listen, Holly, Holly Guslin, who I call Hustlin Guslin, <laughs> in a very positive way, I want to thank you for spending the hour. It's a great public service for everybody to hear um, you know, everything you need to know on the surface of the mortgage industry and loan industry. It's such a, such important information. You're such a consumer protection advocate, and I can't applaud you enough for doing what you do. If more people were like you in whatever they do, I don't think that we would have gotten in as much trouble as we got into. So really, I want to honor you with this show Thank you so much. And listeners, please go back to the beginning of the show. It really can be a lifesaver. Holly Guslin signing, signing off with her. I want everybody to have a safe weekend and um, be careful out there. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Everybody be good. Signing off. Bye-bye.
Thank you for listening to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Please come back next Thursday and every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern for more insider information on the world of public relations with Cindy Rakowitz on Stars of PR. See you next week. Bye, everybody.